Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. We're presented to you by Ghost Golf. Ghost Golf, they're our exciting new partner who specializes in golf accessories and clothing. They've developed a magnetic towel, which will soon become your seven iron's best friend and your greenside caddy. Ghost Golf is an innovative company when it comes to golf accessories just recently releasing their Any Day Golf Bag. They have anything from hats to golf tees for your needs. Check out Ghost Golf at ghostgolf.com and sign up today to receive their newsletter and be up to date on their latest releases in golf news. And as they like to say, play fearlessly. I stole it from you, Nolan. Welcome, everyone. Uh, This week, we have a big guest for those who have been following along the whole time. It's one of our original guests. You might actually be our first guest of the podcast, Colton Heisey, how are how you doing? Good, good. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Uh, it's good to be back with you guys. Uh, always nice to be a reoccurring guest. Absolutely. I mean, I've been following on. You're, uh, I always forget the game. I, I'm a Canadian, so I don't follow it very much. You're like cornhole. a professional cornhole player. People yeah, man, that's pretty badass. Yeah, it's been fun. Obviously, I uh, wish I could turn pro and play the full circuit with everybody else, but uh, – would never give up caddying to do so. Uh, so it's been fun to be the, the non-pro that goes and kind of beats up on everybody. Yeah, so you mentioned caddying. You're a caddy for Grace and Sick, and we're going to get to the big news that happened a couple of weeks ago. But uh, how have things been going? How did you end up with Grayson? Because when we first spoke to you, you weren't together. Yeah, so um, at the end of 2019, I was kind of looking for, uh, looking for a bag and – Went and worked uh, final stage of Q school for uh, Jordan Neighbourty. And um, at final stage, Grayson, he actually needed a caddy. And I got a text from Matt Neesmith um, asking if I knew anyone who could come work for Grayson for the week. Um, set him up with a guy that I knew. And then he got through. And Neebs had somebody he was all set up for for the year. So I uh, kind of talked to a couple guys. and. JT Poston and Fleener. Uh, JT's got the same agent. Well, signed with the same agency as Grayson, so kind of got set up through those guys, and then found out that Grayson's trainer, uh, Randy Myers, down in Sea Island, is actually. I didn't know Randy was his trainer. Uh, Randy's one of my dad's best friends from high school, so just kind of a kind of got set up through uh, Fleener and JT, and my uh, like I said, my dad's one of my dad's best friends was his personal trainer. Um, so just a lot of people that kind of knew each other um, kind of suggested that we would be a good fit together. So we started uh, started working together at the start of the 2020 Corn Fairy season and uh, been going since. When when you first heard about Grayson, did you know how good of a player he is? Because it seems now he's basically a lock for the PGA Tour. You guys have a great connection there. Yeah, so I, I mean, I had been told by a lot of people that he was a stud and he had missed corn fairy status at second stage two years in a row by a shot or something like that and he had played up in Canada and just been a cut making machine so um I obviously knew he was a good ball striker knew he had game and he had shot 59 there in Canada the year before he got corn fairy status so I mean anytime you have somebody that can take it low often that's uh usually a pretty good sign because if you can start to eliminate some bogeys from the rounds they shoot 70 it's uh, usually a pretty good recipe. 
it seems that he's pretty consistent. It seems like he knows how to keep stay away from the big numbers. I think. Yeah. And the more and more you caddy, like staying away from the doubles and you know the big numbers is so key. Like the occasional bogey when you miss hit a shot or whatever, it's fine. Like you can get it back. But it's staying away from the doubles and triples, and I, you know, you very rarely see that from the top players out there. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, I follow along with decade a little bit, and I mean, kind of try and give myself as much information as possible along the like statistical side of things. And it's, yeah, I mean, most of the guys on that tour are making the same amount of birdies per round relatively. Um, I mean, you're going to have guys that make more, but it's that bogey avoidance. And I mean, him and his buddies from Seattle and they play a bogey free game where they go bogey free. Um, they get, X from the other guys, and if they go birdie free, they owe the other guys. And I think we had like 16 bogey free rounds last year or something, which is like, I mean, that's pretty high. Yeah, that's a lot. Like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's definitely, definitely a strong side. Um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, and anytime you get a guy who, when he gets to six or seven under, that doesn't take his foot off the gas, that's also another. Because not every guy has that. I mean, you see it on the PGA Tour, like Webb Simpson. Um, there's just a couple of guys that will, when they get to six or seven, you'll see them end up shooting 62, 63. I think Webb, I think he leads the tour in rounds under 65 in the last five years or so. Yeah, I mean, we've been following along, Grayson. We basically follow any of the guys who come on. I just have it on my phone, like favorited. It just seemed like week after week, you guys were putting up like good finish or good first round, good second round. But then it all came together two weeks ago. The visit Knoxville Open, I, an opening round 61 led to 20 under par. You beat Steven Yeager, who's like been crushing it on the Corn Ferry Tour this year as well. You got your inaugural win. It seems all but certain you're going to be on the PGA Tour next year. So tell us about that week. Yeah, so going into the week, we had kind of been we'd been playing decent but just hadn't really been scoring um we were kind of trending in the right direction but just hadn't gotten over the edge um the putter had kind of been a touch of a struggle uh just hadn't really gotten comfortable on the greens for a couple weeks um it switched putters at the start of the year so the saturday in nashville right before knoxville uh, we put the old putter from last year back in the bag. Um, didn't put it great on Saturday and Sunday, but he just looked more comfortable, and he said he felt more comfortable. So obviously knew that was a good sign kind of going into a longer stretch of golf. And he had just decided that he wanted to keep playing for a couple weeks in a row just until he could kind of get back in that rhythm because it kind of been a hectic start to the year for us. Um, we had we played some corn fair events, but then we got into the Corrales Championship on PJ Tour, um, the opposite field event, and we actually finished ninth. So that got us into Valero. So just kind of the schedule was just kind of jumbled from what we had planned at the start of the year. So just getting into a little bit of a rhythm again was nice. And obviously in Knoxville, I mean, he was – unconscious on the greens that week i think he led the field in putting or putts per green which is the only putting step they keep on the corn Ferry tour but um but yeah just to see that see him comfortable and kind of have that swagger back on the greens was huge i mean 
when he gets that going, it's pretty. He's pretty hard to beat because I mean his short game is outstanding, and obviously I mean ball striking is his thing. So yeah, when the putter gets comfortable in his hands, I don't. I would take him against ninety nine percent of people on the planet right now. I would veer to say that you know when when you get a putter going, it only makes <clears throat> everything else easier because you have no problem when you step up and hit a shot to thirty feet. It's like oh okay, like uh, that's that's gonna have a look and. You know, those start rolling in and, and you start putting a little more confidently, you know, and then putts start going. And that's, that's where you get those 62s and ones and whatnot. And I think that only builds to future success as well. Yeah. And I, I think, I think with the putter too, when the putter's not going well, it takes some confidence out of your overall game just because it just, it drains you. I mean, you can hit it to 12 feet over and over. And if you're not making those putts, you're now frustrated because you're like, I can't hit it much closer consistently than this. Like I'm giving myself all the looks possible and still nothing's going in. So it, yeah, it, I mean, it definitely wears on you when the putter is not cooperating. And if you're not feeling comfortable, whether it's in your reads, your speed, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. I think the putter, when it's, when you feel comfortable with your putter, it kind of frees you up just, all through right. the back. Yep. And then, so it's basically, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm pretty sure you guys have locked up a PGA Tour card. Yes, correct. Uh, I don't know if it's like, do they make it official or it's not official till the season ends? Uh, so, I mean, they've, so 1,700 points right now is like the fail safe. I mean, it's going to be under that just because last year there was the playoff events had some bonus points which won't be a thing this year. And also the guys at the top, there's been multiple guys that have won twice now and Jaeger, Davis Riley, and Jared Wolf. So it's a little top heavy points wise. Um, so I think around that like 14 to 1500 number will probably be the 25 spot here towards the end of the year. I think we have like 10 events left, um, but they've said 1700 is automatically good. So uh, that got us past that number and they uh, officially announced that he was tour bound. So, so you're like, really uh, – I was going to say, you're really just pushing for points of leader at this point. Yeah, so really for us, I mean, he's going to be high enough up there that in the fall he'll get into every event on his number. Um, and then obviously based on how he plays in the fall, we'll reshuffle. Depend, that'll determine his reshuffle number kind of going forward. But if he can chase that number one spot, that would get him fully exempt he would kind of get to pick his own schedule and also get him in the players. So, I mean, that's kind of a big deal to chase down that number one spot and uh, hopefully steal that fully exempt spot from. Was there a moment where it hit you like after the tournament where you're like, wow, I'm going to get to be on the PGA tour. Um, I mean, not really because I mean, in this job, you kind of can't take it for granted. I mean, you can't get complacent. I mean, you can like, no offense, you can get fired at any time. So I don't think there's really uh like, I mean, yeah, obviously that is our goal. We've done everything that we need to do as far as that goes, but like it's still unfinished business for us. I mean, there's not really a stop working or stop doing our job. You know what I mean? Especially now chasing the number one spot. Um, but yeah, it definitely, definitely excited to hopefully get back to the PGA tour and uh, just get a run out there. Yeah, and you mentioned last week, you guys, another great finish. You came fifth. You also mentioned that you 
You've had two PGA Tour starts, I think. Your last two PGA Tour starts, sorry, you've made the cut. So I feel like that's got to give you some confidence to know that it's not just going to be you make it up to the PGA Tour and you try and make cuts, you try and keep your card. You might actually be able to compete there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think uh, – I think no matter where Grayson's playing, I, I mean, he's – like I said, he's kind of a model of consistency, and I don't think that's an issue, and he's definitely not scared of anything. So as far as that goes, I mean, he's going to be – quite comfortable I feel like on the PGA Tour he's got plenty of buddies that played at Georgia with him and that he is good friends with out there so I mean especially we got to play in the U.S. Open last year kind of got kicked in the kicked in the chest there and uh so that was it was kind of good I mean because you go from the Corn Ferry Tour where every week like you're trying to shoot 20 to 25 under most of the time and you go play a golf course where pars are good and it's you have to change your mindset a little bit. I mean, it's a different, it's a different game. And yeah. you can't get frustrated when you make a bogey because I mean, it's going to happen and everybody's going to do it. Everyone's going to make a double probably like I would say 85% of the field in the U S open is going to make a double. And so being able to flip that mindset and kind of grind out rounds, I mean, it beats you up. I mean, you see, even at the PGA championship this week, John Rahm after, what was it? The third round was like, I don't even want to be here. And I mean, he ends up going out and shoots four under in the final round and finished like eighth. So like, it's just, I mean, the majors will be up and it's just being able to embrace that, honestly. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, we know the future's bright for you guys. You just mentioned it though, the PJ championship. I think uh, we can move on to that. Pretty big story. Maybe one of the biggest stories in golf the last several years, Nolan, I know you have uh, your counter-argument there. But Phil Mickelson hey, winning the PGA Championship at almost 51 years old. Where does this rank for you guys uh, amongst the all-time wins? Zach, I, uh, I have always been on record saying Tiger was going to be the first guy to be 50 years old and win a major. But kudos to Phil, man. Uh, that was awesome of him. And it's such a testament to his longevity um throughout his entire career so great to see him win it just makes total sense that he would get you know be the oldest major champion um in the sport so that was just awesome to watch i didn't get to watch much of it but from what i saw it was a display of pretty damn good golf and from a guy who had not been playing good golf at all for the last two plus years basically that's what's really crazy about it. Like, Tiger's win was pretty crazy, but at least Tiger was playing, like, pretty good golf at the time. No one was expecting him to win, but you're like, he's going to compete. Most people didn't think Phil would have any chance. Most people didn't think he'd make the cut. Yeah, it was definitely – I didn't – like Reed said, I really didn't get to see a ton of it. But I did see after – I guess it was after Friday, Phil was leading the field and strokes gained off the tee, which had to be – I mean – the Vegas odds on him leading the field and strokes hand off the tee had to be absolutely through the roof. Whatever his odds were to win, it was quadruple that, his odds to lead and strokes hand off the tee. Hey, hey Colton, I'm in Vegas right now. I can run down to the sports book and ask him what the odds were on that. Yeah. You can't go down, Reed. Even, You're going to get canceled. <laughs> they may not have even had them made up. That's how far out they were. Yeah, that, that's one of the crazy – I mean, everything Phil does, like, amazes you. Like, yeah, how does this guy lead and off the tee? Also, then, how does he hit, like, the longest drive of the week 
on his third to last hole. Wasn't that awesome, dude? <laughs> like, the oldest, I mean, oldest major champion. He was the oldest guy in the field, but um, to pipe one down there right after Brooks hit one, like, 360, he hit it 366. And just goes to show you, man. I mean, Bryson should uh, maybe start rethinking what, what his workout is. Hamburgers, baby. Got to love them. Yeah, I mean – Phil Mickelson, like, great to see him win. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I did not expect to see him win anymore. I think I saw his last two, like, wins have been on the seniors tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he really hasn't been, like, that relevant. No. No, he's just struggled so much off the tee. But I guess his wife and his brother both said, like, in the past two to three weeks, he said he was close and he was going to win again. He was going to win again soon. And, I mean, like I said, we were at the U.S. Open last year, and, I mean, we saw Phil just absolutely grinding. I mean, track man, he had the other, the whatever, the flight scope or whatever other thing he was using. He was using them both at the same time. And we saw him on the putting green. He had every gadget out there. I mean, just absolutely crunching numbers. And that's, I mean, any guy who at that point of his career – isn't giving up on it. I mean, Phil know he Phil knew he still had something in there, or he wouldn't be doing that. I'm um, sure it was. I'm sure it was like frustrating to be like, man, I I have all the numbers I need to have to compete on the tour. Why why aren't I competing? Yeah. So him figuring that out has obviously paid its dividends. But it's yeah. I would think he being the competitor he is, of course, and just being like, man, I can still hit it the same as I've ever been able to hit it. Why can't I win anymore? Uh, that must have been frustrating, and but I'm sure it made this victory even more rewarding for him. For sure. And, I mean, you can tell. I mean, especially with a guy like Phil, anyone who has a short game like that, if if they can figure out the ball striking issues, and, I mean, his wasn't really – I mean, it was an issue – but it's something he's dealt with his whole career. I mean, he's never he's never led in fairways or been the most accurate guy off the tee. But with a short game like that, I mean, you can get saved. And he didn't really need – I mean, saved him some this week at Kiowa for sure. But, uh, I mean, obviously ball struck it better than he had been. Yeah, I feel like this year too – I don't know about you, but I feel like this might be like the greatest year for golf in terms of guys just – having like breakthroughs like you had Spieth you had Rory going win you had Brooks going win and over you had Hideki kind of end his three-year drone win a major after everyone's been saying it and obviously you have Phil I feel like it's just like Ricky Fowler left for us to figure it out yeah him and Fino yeah yeah but Fino's been playing well he just can't win such a good dude though at least Fino's I don't care what tournament is winning is hard yeah no doubt and I think, I mean, everybody will say that. I mean, for, that's why Tiger doing what he did was so impressive. I mean, the guy won like a minimum of five a year. It's like everyone yeah. else is happy to get one every five years. Tiger, Tiger, no one can give you some stats on the yearly, uh, yearly wins probably. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. I got one that's actually pretty mind-boggling. So. <laughs> and then uh, another story from the U.S., uh, the PGA Championship. A guy who we just – we've been speaking about every week, I feel like, Louie, just – he contends at every single event, every single major. He cannot win on U.S. soil. It's impossible. Uh, well, I mean, gosh, 
every single time. Uh, I think I we tweeted out, man. If you if you not picking Louis Ussezin in your DraftKings, like you're an idiot. Like he's a lit in a major. He's literally top ten in every major every year for the past like ten years. It feels like. Yeah, there's. He may not win, but he friggin' knows how to get it. You know, get it close to done at the majors, and that's something else. Yeah. I mean, he's just a guy who keeps it around par. And when you, if you do that at the majors, I mean, you're not going to be far off the leaderboards ever. Yeah. I mean, crazy. And then, obviously, Brooks, he goes from uh, not being able to make an eight-footer, also with the T2. And then, low-key, Harry Higgs. I feel like both you, Reed and Colton, have probably met Harry, probably dealt with him a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. Just a T4 at the PGA Championship out of nowhere. I think that was his first major, too, right? His first major, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty damn good. Harry, Harry's a guy that, man, I don't know how you don't root for him. He's so happy-go-lucky. He's a people's favorite. He gets into the crowd sometimes. You know, it's just he's a, he's a joyful person to be around, always happy, always rocking his sunglasses. You know, it's just he's hard not to root for. And so it was fun to see him and – you know, finish well, and then, you know, I know he made a couple big putts and a couple big moments, and, uh, you know, watching guys succeed like that that are, you know, good people like him, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's easy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any other stories stick out to you guys before we get to the uh, big Twitter beef of the week? I mean, just that Sunday finish was absolutely wild. The back and forth that was going on, Phil holding out from the sand, like, it was incredible. I mean, you thought he lost the tournament like three different times, and then you thought he had won the tournament like four different times, but then they all still came down to, you know, it was still within reach on 18. He still had to go out there and execute. So just a fun, fun Sunday. Yeah, crazy week. But the big drama, I don't know if you two have seen it. Nolan, you've definitely seen it. The Brooks Bryson drama. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that thing is priceless, dude, watching that video. I've watched it 100 times. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting now. The PGA Tour took it down. Not shocked by that. But uh, we'll have to just hope that a bunch of people had it screen recorded. Colton, we're on it. We already got it up. They'll Perfect. take it down. We'll keep getting a new one up. Slightly <laughs> edit, edited slightly differently. Perfect. The one we yeah, got out like some music I mean, can anyone explain, like, where the, I mean, hatred stemmed from and that video itself? Like, did Brooks really just, like, did Bryson say something? Has anyone been able to confirm, like, that something was actually said? Or is it just Bryson walking by during Brooks' interview that pissed him off that much? I'm not sure if anything was said. I saw one comment on Twitter that made me laugh. They said that Bryson, when he walked by, said maybe if you'd line it up right, you'd make it. Yeah, that, <laughs> which that's be, which would be absolutely hilarious. I mean, if he said that, then Brooks's comment is great. But like in Brooks's def- like for Brooks, if you're getting out chirped by Bryson, like I don't think that's really something you want to own up to. <laughs> I don't think you really want to get out chirped by Bryson. Not I've yeah. seen an Instagram. I feel like that's kind of hard to do. <laughs> He'll pull out the uh, A squared plus B squared equals C squared on you. Yeah, I mean, I saw something like he uh, 
since Bryson apparently wears metal spikes, you could hear him click clacking in the background. That was my that was my first thought. Yeah, like apparently everyone hates that Bryson wears metal spikes or something. Like it's just a Bryson move to still wear metal spikes, which I think there was a handful of guys that that still do. They get them like inserted into their. their I know. Uh, I know. Wyndham Clark still does, or at least he did it when we played with him in the Memorial last year, and. Yeah, we had, we had we had a group behind us bitch about all the because it was pretty dry, and we had a group <laughs> behind us bitch about the spike marks coming up, you know, bringing the soil up and whatnot. Yeah, and I think I mean as long as on the web dot com, I know Sam Burns did. Uh, I mean, I think there's a few guys. I know at least out on the Corn Ferry Tour now, there's I would say five to ten guys that do, and uh, like Grayson wears them, but he only wears them in his like back right shoe, like. He only wears a couple medals, so like every, like his left foot's non, um, but just because of slippage issues, um, right. he only wears like two or three in his back right foot. Interesting. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about a little partial metal spike. Good combo. Yeah, he said uh, one time he went to a Monday qualifier out in California and he was playing decent and he slipped and – think it went out of bounds or something made seven or eight and obviously when you fly out for a monday like something like that happens and you're like what am i doing so yeah that he sucks. was like he was like never went back after that he was like if it's gonna save me anything i'll put them in there and just so how going. how hard are we all rooting for bryson brooks pairing in the Ryder cup <laughs> Oh, matter, yeah, or even at the U.S. Open here in three weeks. I mean, I hope the USGA just steps up and puts them together. It'd be amazing. There's no way they will, but I hope it happens. This is like a hot take. I think it's better if they don't end up together because I think if they end up together, they're both going to not want to cause drama and they're just going to be like, okay, this is like petty. We won't care about it. If they're not together and they just only see each other on social media, it'll just keep getting worse. It, I want to see it, them get paired together in the final group on Sunday or something. That would be fucking yeah. hilarious. There's, like, fist fight potential. Like, I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, hey, g- give me the flag stick. I'm going to freaking spear throw it at this guy. <laughs> yeah. I think there I was yeah. genuinely – I got Brooks, Brooks minus 400 in that fist fight. <laughs> yeah. There was genuine, like, disdain from Brooks in that video. Like, he, like, like hates – I mean, my mom told me never to use – the word hate, it's a very strong word, but oh my goodness, like just him walking by and like say maybe even saying something. Just no, like he hates him. <laughs> he like hates looking at him. You could tell it might not have even been like anything said. He's just like disgusted when he sees him. He's like, This guy, this effing guy. <laughs> the eye, the, that was an epic eye roll though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get how it got leaked the video too. Like someone yeah. big shit. That's a very interesting part about it all is like i was like what the heck this is an air what, what's going on like who actually leaks stuff from the golf channel <laughs> yeah insane this week though we got the charles schwab classic no the charles schwab challenge sorry it's i don't like the name of it gotta gotta say reader i don't know if either of you have been to the course colonial yeah we were there last year it's a uh, it's an old school country club um should get firm and fast, um, not overly long. There's a couple longer par fours. I think it's uh, uh, 
one, two, three or four. It kind of turns right around some woods. Um, it's a pretty long, good hole. The hole before that's a good long par three. Um, you know, a lot of greens are going to be your friend out there type of thing. Um, like I said, old school country club, but something you got to, you know, putt decent at. Um, hit a lot of greens. And, you know, it's, it's being in position out there is key. Um, you know, a lot of turning and twisting and turning around some, uh, some dog legs of woods and, you know, um, placement on the greens with some slope, you know, old school back to front stuff, um, some side slopes on there with some decent sized ridges. So yeah, it's a good golf course. I mean, it's very old school and, um, it's a good test of golf. What type of golfer, what, what's your, uh, synopsis on who fits the course? Someone who's someone who doesn't need to hit it a whole long way. Like. This is not a bomber's paradise. Um, it's a person who can get it and play and hit a lot of fairways. Um, you know, my guess is they'll grow the rough up. Last year it was hotter than hell. Um, it was the first event back after the COVID stuff, so that could have had something to do with it. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, someone – you don't need to hit it a long way, but you got to have some finesse in your game as well. Um, so I think that's going to be going to be key, you know, someone like a Webb Simpson even. Um, I think that's kind of along the lines, maybe not him, but somewhere along those lines. Do you guys think we'll get into like the high teens of under par? It depends how soft it gets or firm it gets. I mean, I, I, don't, I haven't really looked at the temperatures or whatnot, but that golf course, if it plays firm and fast, it can play hard. Yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't been there, but um... – Obviously, just looking at past winners and Kevin Na winning, I guess, last year or two years ago when Kenny got that car. Um, I like a guy like Abe Answer this week. Yeah, great, great, great look there. Trending, trending, shoots seven under at the PGA in the final round. So back in, uh, back in Texas as well, kind of familiar with the area, playing golf at Oklahoma. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's my pick for the week. I can tell Colton, you follow the golf a lot, eh? You're you're still keeping up? Yeah, I mean, I try to as much as possible. I obviously don't get to watch a ton. Um, but, yeah, I'm constantly looking at leaderboards and seeing who's kind of playing good and seeing what's going on. Try and stay in the know as much as possible. Yeah. I'm taking, a, I'm taking a text in myself, though. Who you got, Reed? Who's that? Or are you not going to tell I, him? I'm kind of going against what I just said, but I think this guy is able to scale it back a little bit when he needs to. Um, really good uh, ball striker, Scotty Shuffler. Yeah, and uh, the the best birdie maker out there. I mean, no one does it better than Scotty. Yeah, yeah. Scotty's got an insane short game. He's got some of the best hands. Unbelievable short game. Yeah. With 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 a wedge around the greens, it's I could sit there and just. You can put him in tough situation after tough situation. He's going to find a way to hit it somewhere. I, I remember on the web.com tour when the Nashville tournament was at Nashville Golf and Athletic, and Scotty hit it like short-sided, short right on the one par five. I don't know. It's like – I want to say it's like 14. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, 15. 15, yeah. And I looked at – I don't know who I was catting for at the time, but I looked at them and was like, there's – absolutely no chance he gets that up and down and we're walking up the next fairway we were on 16 and we're walking up to the green and the crowd erupts he he chipped in well, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, good we played him. with him uh, we played with Robbie Shelton that Saturday he shot nine under 
and we played with Scotty Scheffler on Sunday, and he shot eight under. Yeah. I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah. Guys, it's that. Nolan, what, what do you got? Well, um, Colton took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I love Abraham answer this week. I feel like it's a very popular pick. Um, Abe's exactly been trending three top tens his last three starts, and um, he's just looked good all year. And just uh, he still is yet to win on the PGA Tour. So um, it'll be it'd be cool to see him win. Um, he's a baller. Um, just for sakes of choosing someone different, I'm gonna go Tony Fee now, though, <laughs> just because. Wow. Um, I was actually gonna say I'll let you have the Abe pick and I'll uh, I'll take Joaquin. I another another similar player. Yep. My pick though, uh, I'm gonna go with a guy who we just had his caddy on the podcast uh, for a second time, Will Zalatoris. I mean, three top tens in the three majors he's been in. This field, it's a little bit weaker maybe than some of the other ones he's been in, and he's due. He's going to win one. He asked. to. Where, where did he finish last week? I think eighth. Eighth? Eighth. You did know, he, uh, he still finished eighth. I mean, that guy, that eighth, guy, yeah. he's incredible. I got, a, I got kind of a long shot in here. I mean, he's not, I mean, not going to be a long shot, long shot, but he's going to be – uh, maybe a little overlooked. That's Harry Higgs. I mean, fuck, that guy's a player, man. Yeah, he's 100 to 1. He can still get it at really good odds. So, Yeah, I feel like this is a week where you might see, like, someone someone win their first, someone come out of nowhere and win. You have a group of, like, 10, 15 guys at the top, but after that, it's a pretty steep drop-off. Yeah. Right. Harmon's been trending as well, so I think that's uh, a golf course that probably fits in pretty well. Um not sure what surface they're putting on, but I think that would probably be the only thing that makes a difference there for Harm, maybe. Or how about this, Colton, for a guy keeping up, the Canadian, Corey Connors. Is this his week? We bring it up every week. Could be. I don't know, man. I just feel like he's had so many opportunities. I feel I, like he won't, he won't even, like, miss a green this week. Yes. <laughs> and he's, that's how I and he still it. might lose. <laughs> I feel with Corey Connors like he should never miss. <laughs> I saw people stat, say. I saw a stat on the LPGA. I don't know who the player was, but I guess it was like two weeks ago. Uh, her, she had played two tournaments in a row, and in the second tournament, she had hit sixty-five of seventy-two greens and finished like sixtieth. Oh gosh! In, really? In two, in two weeks, I think she had. Oh. I want to say like 243 putts. She must have broken like multiple putters. <laughs> I mean, had to have. I don't know who it was, so I don't even want to throw out a name to quote me on, but I saw it on Twitter. It did 65 of 72 greens and finished like 60th, and they had like her two-week putting totals. And I don't even like, think this girl broke a putter. She probably like knows she's the worst putter out there. She's just like the greatest iron player of all time, and this is how she makes her money. She's like, I'm going to – Hit 65 greens, three putt everything, and then that'll be my job. I mean, that would be, that would be so <laughs> hard to watch. It was a name I had never heard of. It wasn't, I mean, nothing that stuck in my head. But, I mean, Reed, you can vouch for this. I mean, if we were caddying for that, that would be so hard to watch. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, you oh. five-footer after five-footer. Well, not only that, but – 
I think, I mean, obviously having trouble ball striking, you get frustrated. Yeah. But I think hitting it, hitting that many greens and struggling with that bad putting, it's like. It makes you oh, want to quick off. Oh. Because yeah, you, don't, you don't know what like, you can get. It's like a sword to the friggin' stomach, man. Yeah. It really is. It's like, holy fuck. Yeah. You just don't, yeah, you just don't know. You're like, I'm hitting as good as I possibly can. Right. I don't know what else to do. I don't know where to go from here, you know. There's just, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just, yeah. It's just, it's just I don't know what, yeah, it's, I'd be interested to hear, find out who, who it was, though. I'd yeah. Be, uh, I'd be, I know two weeks ago was um, Asia. That was the last Asia event, I believe. Maybe two weeks ago we met, no, two weeks ago they were off, so it might have been last week or something. But uh, it's crazy. I don't know. Zach, are you going Connors? Uh, I'm going Zalatoris, but I think Connors. Oh, yeah. Has, uh, I think this could be his week. Also, do you think we're going to finally get one right? Because we, we are, like, so remarkably bad at picking winners. It's like that yeah. has to be our thing at this point. We have to just – we have to go all in on how bad we are because we can't act like we're good. Hey, I mean, we're picking three or four out of 144 guys or 156 guys or whatever it is that week. Like, fuck, we've not... probably picked three or four, like, good players yeah, and a sleeper some weeks for, like, 60 tournaments. I think we need to make more picks, Zach. Like, I, I think Lee Westwood is a good long shot. I think JT Poston, random. I don't know. We'll see. What if we just name alphabetical order? Like, we all pick a letter. <laughs> hey, what order. about – what about Mike Michael Vastocki, man? No one's talked about him. Step coming in, you know? Vistocki, I, like, yeah. I like my boy Sahith out there, too. That guy, he dominates the mini tours. I know that. Yeah, he's, Michael. Uh, he's uh, playing on a sponsor this weekend, Memorial, and uh, he's got one of the nastiest short games around. So definitely think he could uh, be in contention. Michael Vasaki, 1,000 to 1. Get a lost Ship your bank account on it. <laughs> That's going to be the winner. Yeah, right. Watch it happen. But before we close things out here, we got to end things as usual. As you uh, listeners know, we head to our dear Reed Martin with some Las Vegas-based trivia. Hey, before we get there, I got to say one thing. This golf course we're at this week is fucking sick. I mean, Shadow Creek is that if if I never if something happened tomorrow and I could never step on another golf course again, having this golf course been in the repertoire is fucking it's unbelievable, dude. It's it's you don't even feel like you're in Vegas, and it is it's the most picturesque golf course maybe like it's just unbelievably gorgeous and it's anyhow I'll go away from that but it's pretty damn cool man so i'm in vegas uh we're gonna go prices right style here i nice. uh, got curious and i tried to what was the biggest hit ever in vegas and so i started searching around and so obviously slot machines pay the biggest and what was the biggest jackpot payout in a slot machine ever to date Ooh. wow 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 oh it's, so it's price is right so that's like uh, you can't go over correct okay i'll go first with uh seven hundred thousand. 
Okay. No, it's gonna be bigger than that, doesn't it? I'm thinking like three and a half million. Okay. Well, instead of going really easy and saying three and a half million in one penny, <laughs> go seven hundred thousand in one penny. I'll go five million. That was my initial thought. So. In 2003, March 21st, 2003. That's a long time ago. There's inflation. It's got to be less than three and a half. <laughs> Dang it. 25-year-old software engineer had a slot machine for 39713982 What? $39 million? Thirty-nine million seven hundred thirteen thousand nine hundred eighty-two dollars and twenty-five cents in Vegas. I assume it was at the Excalibur Hotel in Vegas. And he only made two million on the night. No. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and put it all on black. <laughs> I don't think Knox he's doing anything with the costly. I don't think I don't think he's doing software engineering anymore. I think he's just fine. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Yeah, the guy probably put it on black after no one's right. <laughs> How long? Green, just go- man, golfing. Green. <laughs> green, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Reed. I'll uh, go ahead and step into our Tiger Fact of the Week then. Um, speaking of Tiger, some, some more public news. Um, Tiger was spotted at a – I think it was a soccer tournament or – maybe a baseball tournament, I can't remember what it was, of probably Charlie's or something. Um, But he was out in the flesh in, uh, gosh, what do you call him? Oh, my gosh. I'm drawing. He used to walk around when crutches. Thank you. He was on crutches. (laughs) In crutches. Um, Just great to see him. Nice goatee going. Can't wait to see that goatee in a green jacket again next year or something. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, if anyone can do it, Tiger can. It did seem like his bad leg was still wrapped up in some sort of compression sleeve or something. Um, And it did look like it was still swollen because it it looked a little – I don't know if you guys seen the photo, but it looked a little – beefier than his good leg so um i guess is the all the swelling swelling hasn't gone down or or there was just some extra padding in that sleeve or something but anyway good to see him good to see him out and about i mean worst case tiger's beaten people on one leg before yeah i know right you should see what no one has he has like one of those photoshops like where he's he's calculating the exact width of one leg compared to the other (laughs) like by using like a background, he has like a tree in the background that he knows is like fifty feet high. He can figure it out. I'm talking to all the doctors to see at what diameter, like, should I project out when he will be playing again, so I can, you know, break <laughs> that news. That? Well, hey, you know, I'm in uh, I'm in Vegas right now, so if you if you want to bet on Tiger for like the 2061 U.S. Open, I'm right here. 2061. All right. No, I heard you could you could bet on him already for the Masters, and you could get a refund or something. But that was a few months ago. Anywho, can I get Charlie for the 2016? <laughs> <laughs> That's not that a bad is, bet. That has a good golf swing right there. Well, 
Colton, on, on behalf of all of us, we thank you for coming on again. I mean, Zach, Zach, you cut me off. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I didn't <laughs> even. Oh, sh- the worst. That wasn't my tiger stat. <laughs> oh, you're right. Sorry, Zoom um, fucks everything up. It's all good. Um, we uh, were talking about it a little earlier, but the ridiculousness of, of consistency and the ridiculous amount of times that Tiger Woods would win. Colton was like saying five in a year, which is really not that far off. Um, but in from 1999 to 2003, can you guys guess how many times Tiger Woods won on the PJ Tour? 42. 47. 47, okay. 38. 38, okay. 42, right before Reed said that. So. How many? 42. 42 so close so it's 32 32 times but i mean we all know how amazing tiger woods is and if you thought about it and someone in the span of four years nowadays won 32 times like it would just be mind-blowing like if dj went out there and won eight times a year (laughs) 10 times in four years you'd be like what a stretch. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's I mean, even during the PGA, everyone was talking about, like, what Phil would have been without Tiger. Yeah. And some one of the announcers, I don't know who it was, said Ernie Els finished runner-up to Tiger in three straight majors. <laughs> like, that has to be so brutal. That's <laughs> what we need yeah. with Brooks and Bryson. <laughs> yeah. We need just one to dominate. Well, so, the, so there's a bloodbath at some point. Exactly. Yeah, it'll be like Floyd Mayweather and whatever Paul brother he's fighting. Oh, yeah. All right, Zach, now you can cut me off. Fight Jake Paul. Yeah. Well, as I was saying, firstly, credit <laughs> to us for the From the Back Tees boost. Once again, it works out well on Colton and Grayson. They get the W. I mean, we're, we're good at that. We're not good at making picks. But seriously, Colton, thanks for making the time coming on again. We know you're busy, so uh, we really appreciate it. No, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. I uh, always love talking to you guys and uh, always appreciate getting to jump on the pod and talk golf. Absolutely. 100%. We'll catch up again soon, and good luck uh, for the rest of the season. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole, and it's in with Bernie. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm gonna enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.